The time that we are recording right now, it is, of course, Hanukkah. And Hanukkah is all about the struggle against assimilation. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Okay, it, so yeah. so now this is the struggle that continues even more so, I suppose. Well, maybe not more so, but, well, no, I guess it is. When you're, when you're pushed out of the land into you know, all the places that we've gone, there is that constant struggle against assimilation, and how did they deal with that? Please continue. Yeah, uh, that's a very critical point. The Romans is like in Daniel's vision, were everything. The, 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 by the time by the time they destroyed the second temple in the year 70, Vespasian was the emperor of Rome. Titus, who would later become the emperor, was his general. The arc, arc we are talking about is dedicated to Titus mm-hmm. soon after his death. I think it was built in 80, 80, probably 81, 82. So it was built in memory. We know it because he's called a god, and all the emperors became gods following the, their death. But the, the story of Hanukkah is not all about destruction of the Jews physically or expelling them out of their land. That was not at all the, what was of interest to the Syrian Greek Empire called the Seleucid Empire mm-hmm. of Antiochus Epiphanes IV. His interest was to completely ban, destroy Judaism and Hellenize the people of Israel. And the, he made, he was really the first person to ever do this and to make it forbidden to study Torah, to circumcise mm-hmm. your sons and so on and so forth. Well, but let's study the so on and so forth. Let's be specific. I mean, it was, uh, it was he forbade circumcision. He forbade the, the observance of Shabbat. He, he forbade... Uh, eating clean, he, he sacrificed uh, to idols yeah. and made and oh, made yeah. the leaders of of the Jewish people do the same. I mean, there was a myriad of, of absolute abominations that, and uh, pig's blood and so on and so forth. This is what he stood for. Yeah, yeah. he brought the image of Zeus, a statue of Zeus, mm. into the temple itself in 167 BC and slaughtered and slaughtered a pig on the altar of the temple, and of course. This all he heightened it. He was like he's called the first anti-Semite in a very strict sense. In anti-Semite meaning anti-Judaism. Mm. And there was, of course, we had our Hamans, we had a lot of other things, mm. but none of them were interested in destroying Judaism as the religion, but leaving mm. the Jewish people in Tehanico is very unique. That he wanted to just absolutely ban Judaism, and it was a revolt. To this day, shocks me how we were able to have a band of just a few hundred men under the uh, the uh, in this family. The five sons of Matasio were able to mm. defeat the Greek Empire, and which would lead to a one hundred year period mm. of relative of of com- virtual complete autonomy. From sixty from one sixty four BC to sixty six CE when Pompeii entered Jerusalem. I mean, excuse me, six six BC. That's a hundred years that the, Jew, the Jewish uh, the Jewish state was an independent state. In every other part of the Second Temple period, we the Jewish we, we, the state of Israel was a vassal state of of a larger empire. Let me just jump back a little bit because you've mentioned a couple of times um, the replica of the relief of the Ark of Titus, and we see that uh, in in a, in, a, in its full scale. I do believe at the Diaspora Museum we saw it there, and it's um, the Diaspora Museum, of course, is at the Tel Aviv University. 
uh, that's one of the first things that you that uh, that you take yeah, in that's on what arrival. You see immediately, yeah. Now, one of the interesting things about that, and uh, we should talk about this because it is, after all, as I mentioned, Hanukkah. The uh, on that relief, you see them carrying away the uh, the menorah, right? Right. Yeah. It's a cont- and this is very important. It is contemporaneous, which means this is like a photograph, because. In fact, Josephus describes watching this thing, looking at it. Mm-hmm. Josephus was a Jew, and uh, and what was interesting about him was he worked for the Romans, and he was torn because, in a way, he was writing for the Romans. His interest, he describes, as being one that the Jews shouldn't rebel against Rome, but rather should work with Rome. And many Jews, of course, considered him a traitor, but he mm-hmm. didn't. And this remains a. But he describes his heart was just ripped out as mm-hmm. the Romans saw this arch displayed. They were so filled. They were filled with pride. And his just heart was just broken. And there, yeah, you see the menorah there, but that's a photograph. That means because that's contemporaneous. So let's say the Argus was built in eighty two by mm-hmm. the predecessor of Titus, really yeah. very almost immediately after his death. I think he died. What did he die in eighty or seventy nine? So immediately after his death. So this this arc was was created, and it's a three dimensional relief mm. that was produced in the southern part of the city of Rome by eyewitnesses. That's what's mm-hmm. very important. This wasn't built two hundred le- years later. This was built by the very people who saw it happen. Now, the the interesting thing I find about this is that uh, the details of the menorah in this relief is, is it's very easy to see. It is quite detailed. And I am to assume, and maybe you can clarify this for me, that from that, the recreation that we see uh, as one is walking down from the, from the Jewish quarter down towards the Kotel, uh, we pass a, uh, a life-size uh, menorah in a, in a Perspex casing there. And a big is a glass casing, I'm not sure, but very much reminiscent of the one that we see in the relief. That, that was uh, CE70 when the Romans sacked the, the temple. Uh, and destroyed it, but that wasn't the first time that the temple was plundered. The the temple was plundered uh, by a- Antiochus Epiphanes as well. And we read in First uh, Maccabees chapter one verse twenty three says, "And he he proudly entered into the sanctuary and took away the golden altar and the candlestick of light and all the vessels thereof and the table and the and the of proposition and the pouring vessels and the vials and the little mortars of gold, the veil and the crown and the gold ornaments that were before the temple, and he broke them all." in pieces the interior had been destroyed all the furnishings of the temple had been destroyed and uh, continues saying that that after the cleansing uh the judah maccabee they 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 were victorious over um uh, antiochus and after the cleansing a new one was made by judah maccabee and and they made a new one uh, quite a number of the holy uh, furnishings they replaced and uh we read about that in uh, in first maccabees chapter 4 verses 49 to 50. Now, what what popped into my head, Tobia, is that many of the older uh, depictions of the menorah that we see in uh, stonework seems to show a, a like a tripod menorah. Uh, but the one that we see in uh, in the replica near the Kotel there today and the one that we see in Titus's Ark represents something a bit more grand, a little bit more detailed. In any case, uh, it was the, the, the original 
menorah was destroyed and it was remade by the Maccabees uh, and, and put back into the temple. And uh, so there is the fate of the original. Do we know or do you have an opinion as to the fate of the one that was taken and depicted on, uh, on the Ark of Titus? I think that's the worst kept secret in the world. <laughs> we, we don't. means we don't know where the Ark of the Covenant is that was right. hidden at the end of the first temple period. But, um, I mean, this was very valuable. Of course, it was taken mm. to Rome, and of course, it's in... Um, it, it's held by the Catholic Church. So you reckon uh, it's in the Vatican? It has to be. If, what would you do with that? Or would you like give it away to the Salvation Army? No. I mean, that's like, <laughs> like the most valuable thing possible. So of course you would keep that. Of course you would. I mean, that's, I don't know anyone who would, like, why would they give it to somebody else? Unless, I mean, the Vatican was ransacked at times. Uh, that's possible. But uh, otherwise, they would maintain it and keep it. Certainly, that's where it was taken. The right. only possibility is the Vatican was ransacked over the centuries. Right. And maybe someone took it from them. That's hard to say. But certainly, that's where it was kept. Um, now, now, just going back to the Maccabees and going back to uh, Antiochus Epiphanes, there was no. I mean, were there Jews that were willing to collaborate and to uh, and to be uh, and, and willing to mix it up, if you like, uh, and accept a bit of Hellenism and just get on with the job? Were there such? I mean, yes, I not only were there such, they really were. They started the whole thing. There were Jews who were in Egypt who were egging on Antiochus Epiphanes to do this. They were completely Hellenized Jews, mm -hmm. and it really began in many ways as a civil war, and, and Antiochus was egged on by you know, by Jews who were complete supporters, very much the way Jews today are supporters of Obama. And, I mean, it's just mind-blowing. But that, oh, yeah, there was a Tobias family from Egypt that really was egging on Antiochus Epiphanes IV to, um, to replace the, the Ptolemaic Empire that mm -hmm. ruled there and to wipe out traditional Judaism. He very much, like Obama, had his supporters among Jews who were completely Hellenized, who were completely divorced from um, from the Jewish faith. It's This story happens frequently. Maimonides mm -hmm. even described sometimes when he wanted to discuss the differences that he felt with Islam, but he said, I can't really talk because of you know, Jews who were around me. Uh, so, yeah, there were Jews who were completely Hellenized. As the communist Jews, those are the ones that the Jews, uh, the religious Jews in Russia were absolutely petrified of, of course. This is not a new phenomenon. This always was. In the time of Hanukkah, you had Jews who were absolutely completely Hellenized and completely supported and encouraged Antiochus to come in to do this. Now, Antiochus, of course, did it with great zeal and excitement for a whole multitude of reasons, but ultimately he was a fantastic anti-Semite. He despised the Jews, so they found a person in whom they could destroy Judaism, but Jews were behind it in exactly the same way today. The leading voices against the state of Israel very frequently are... I mean, the radical left and the Jews, these are the ones who are really egging it on. 
This civil unrest between Jewish people uh, that that you're talking about today, so was the case in uh, CE 70 uh, that caused the destruction of the temple. So it was the case in uh, the time of uh, Judah Maccabee and and Jews trying to uh, assimilate. It's a story that I think is worth reminding ourselves of and studying, uh, particularly at this time of year. That's when you study Jewish history. One of the things that is most shocking is nothing changes at all. It's all it's the same thing. We it's the same personalities that emerge in every generation. Um, that some Otto Wittenberg, the he was one of the people who forged the ideas that would be very important to the Nazi movement. He was a, he was a Jew, ultimately converted to Christianity, but couldn't get rid of the Judaism in, in him, and then blew his brains out. Mm. I mean, these were all Jews. So one of the things that's very obvious is that history, the technology may be different. We may not need an outhouse today, and we get into a car instead of mm-hmm. getting into a chariot or a horse, mm-hmm. but the human character remains the same it's the same yeah that no, nothing has changed when i when i look at the events and the sides are still the same oh, yeah. the sides are still the same yeah absolutely so hanukkah was in in ways of course began as a civil war between the jewish people and and then the antiochus steps in mm. and he very happily they found a a perfect guy who was a uh, who had a pastor right? Who had, who had a who had exactly the kind of disposition to carry this out? But he did it with great glee. But Jews were on his side completely, absolutely. Fascinating stuff. This uh, is the kind of conversation that a visit to the Diaspora Museum uh, conjures up. There's so much to to take in and to discuss afterwards. We'll definitely be doing it again uh, next year at the uh, Tanakh tour. Uh, this coming November. People can sign up for that. Uh, in fact, if you sign up for that this year, uh, you'll save yourself 5%. I can't wait to do it again, Toby, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. I mean, very excited. It's very, very powerful, the Das Museum. That's how it was all launched. And then from there, we began to walk through the land of Israel. It's very, That's right. very, very we headed powerful. After that, the, the following day, we headed north. We, we may talk about uh, a little bit about that next week. But uh, until then, dear listeners, have a wonderful Hanukkah. Thank you, Tobia of OutreachJudaism.org. Let's get biblical. Why doesn't Judaism accept the Christian Messiah? That is the book. If you haven't got it, get it. You can get it there at his website. Also, you'll find him on TobiaSinger.tv, where all his videos are. Thank you, my friends. Speak to you next week. Always a joy. Shalom. Shalom.